This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Hello and welcome to Glen Cove Spotlight. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. And today, our special guest is Franca Trunzo, Executive Director of the Glen Cove Boys and Girls Club. Hello, Franca. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Franca, you have a very important job at a wonderful facility. But before we get into all the amazing things that you do and the Glen Cove Boys and Girls Club offers, we'd like to get to know you a little bit first. Is that okay? Sure. That sounds great. So where did you grow up and uh, where do you live now? Uh, so I was, I've, I've been born and raised in Locust Valley, so I am a neighbor of Glen, the Glen Cove community, which um, I think is great, just being that I, I'm in this community and uh, a lot of familiar faces, um, but I did graduate from Locust Valley High School in 2001, um, and we're, uh, you know, I, I'm actually married, um, I got married in 2018, Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I just recently had a little girl in October. Oh, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So um, that was pretty, uh, I want to say, an interesting roller coaster during the whole <laughs> pandemic. I bet. But um, everything worked out and uh, she's here and she's about seven, seven, going on seven and a half months now. That's wonderful. Now, you said you were born and raised here. Where Did you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister who also um, went to Locust Valley High School, um, and it's just the two of us. My sister has uh, two two younger boys, um, eight and eleven. Uh, they are very close to me, and um, you know the, the boys love being with their with their new cousin. Um, that's something that they were asking me for 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 quite some time. <laughs> and uh, oh, that's sweet. Franca, do they spend a lot of time together? They do. They do. Um, you know, we really try to spend as much time on the weekends together um, with, you know, the kids are now back at school. The boys are now back at school full time, which is nice. Um, so, you know, any given any time that we can have that extra family time um, is really nice. My my sister and my brother-in-law are her godparents. And um, they adore her. Her her grandparents uh, are around, and we really do spend as much time as we can um, with our little one. Sounds like family is very important to you all. That's absolutely true. It really I is. Love it. Yes. That's it must have fun. been very difficult to. I mean, it's already difficult to just go through the process of giving birth. But as far as I know, <laughs> um, you, you know, as as a father there, along with my wife, I've been there three times. But it must have been very, very difficult and challenging during the pandemic. It was. Um, you know, I, I will say there there was their pro, the the pros and the cons. Um, but you know what was more so I want to say disappointing was, you know, when, when you want to announce that you are having a baby, you're having a child, you know, you just want to be so close to your family and being that I am very close with my family, um, your friends, and you just want to be able to share that, that news. And, you know, it was a little, it was tough, um, to be able to, you know, especially being, it's my first child. Um, so that was a little tough, but we really made the best of it. 
um, you know, as, as I guess the weather got a little better, we were able to, you know, be more outdoors and, and be together so that we could share in, in such a, you know, a joyous thing. So um, that, that was, you know, the tough part, but um, you know, I was really lucky to have my husband at the hospital with me. Um, I had heard there were some scary scenarios of, um, you know, women being dropped off by their, by, by their husbands, or they couldn't be in the, the actual hospital. And I think, you know, again, being that this is my first go around, um, I was nervous all around. So not having my husband there with me would have really just been extremely hard for me. That would have been very difficult. And I actually did hear a lot of stories like that, Franco, of, you know, people just being alone and, you know, fully masked and especially in the very beginning. So, you know, thank goodness he was able to be there with you. Right. And, you know, giving birth, you're actually, you're, you're wearing a mask. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't imagine. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, And, you know, post, uh, you know, after, after giving birth, you're, you're confined to a, a room, whereas, you know, maybe not during such, uh, I guess not during the pandemic, people, you know, mothers would be able to walk out in the hall, maybe even meet another mother, um, because, you know, you're kind of just getting in the mood, in the mode of walking and, and getting back into the swing of things. Um, so that was really tough. You're, you're really just confined to a room. Um, but, you know, it's the the good thing is she's she's happy, she's healthy, and um, you know we're, we're overall we're all getting through this now. So right, and it good, looks hopefully good. like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly, exactly. Franca, did you know the name? Like, did you guys pick the name b- uh, beforehand, or did you guys decide after? So I had um, her name is Sienna. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is I a beautiful name. Thank yeah, very you. pretty name. Wow. Uh, how did you come up with Sienna? You know, I just happened to love the name for years. And it was just something I always had in the back of my mind. And um, I was I was adamant that my first I knew I said, no, I'm not going to have a girl. I think I'm going to have a boy. I think my first child's going to be a boy. And um, it's it, either way, boy or girl doesn't matter to me just as long as they're healthy. But um, so it took a little while to get my husband on board, but he loves it. And, um, you know, our family was so happy with the name. So we love it. We just have our little Sienna with us. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So besides work, which I'm sure you work very long hours and long days, what kind of interests and hobbies do you have? So besides what I had mentioned earlier, all my family time, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I really enjoy, um, tr- you know, whether it be trying new restaurants, um, new overall new experiences. Our big thing is vacation. Anytime that we can get away, even if it's just for a long weekend. Um, and that was really tough during the pandemic, too. You know, being pregnant, you kind of just want to, you are home, you're relaxing, but you're not really relaxing. Um, You know, some sunshine and and warm weather would have been the icing on the cake for us. Uh, We're big into the summertime, you know, really that hot summer sun uh, is a big thing for us. We love boating. Um, And I'm going to say, you know, I I really enjoy cooking. Um, So now that my daughter is She's been trying all the, the the different types of 
purees and whatnot. I've been really having a good time um, mixing different types of, of uh, vegetables and fruits for her. So that's that's been interesting and fun. But overall, I, I, I do enjoy to cook besides, you know, vacationing. <laughs> so have you guys planned your next vacation now that things are opening up? I know so many people are. Um, so we actually were able to get away for a little while, which was nice. Um, Sienna was turning six months old and I was, you know, I felt, I really felt more comfortable just, you know, her, her, uh, her schedule, I should say, I was, I was getting more in the, the groove of things. And, um, we decided to hop in the car and we took a road trip to Florida <laughs> And that was quite the experience with a six-month-old, but she did great. And uh, you know, we're we're looking to do it again, maybe in the fall. So it was Wonderful. a really nice getaway. Uh, we do have a dog, and um, her name is Kiki, and we bring her everywhere. So she is um, she was my husband's co-pilot on the car ride down. Which oh, was... you guys are adventurous. A new baby <laughs> and a doggy. I love it. That's something yeah. I would do. I think that's great. So that was, um, that was a nice, you know, really nice for us to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just in the midst of everything. Um, and, you know, we really enjoyed it. And we're looking forward to doing it again. I can imagine. Yeah. I'm not Where sure I'm going to hop on a... when you go I'm to sorry? Florida. Where do you stay when you go down to Florida? Um, so just this time we had stayed in Pompano Beach, mm-hmm. um, which is very close to Fort Lauderdale. Um, we did we didn't do a hotel. I was still a little I'm still a little um, nervous around being too around you know being being around too many people. Um, so we just uh, ended up renting a house, which was very nice and uh, secluded. And um, you know that's. Again, we're really looking forward to doing that again. I'm I'm not planning on getting on a plane anytime soon. Okay. Yep. I traveled back in March and I will tell you when we came back on the plane, because I was the same way, like we just had to take a break. Um, and <laughs> coming back, we it was human soup. I mean, we were shoulder to shoulder and I was like, oh gosh. So I double masked and, you know, I was fully right. vaccinated at that point, but I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, having such a, you know, my, my daughter's so young. I just really of don't, course. it's, it's, you know, you just never know and um, better safe than sorry. Right. You want to limit how much you expose her to. Absolutely. Yes. That's, of course. Yeah. Yep. And the dog, it's not so easy to travel with. Right. I will say, you know, um, there was, there was quite a few people who would approach the dog mm-hmm. and my dog <laughs> is very, you know, she can have her moments where she's protecting us. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you know, you go in a little aggressive, um, you know, she, she, she really won't bite, but when she gets to kind of know you, she might lick your hand. And I was, you know, I, I, I you know, I really wasn't sure what could be transmitted, what could go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little nerve wracking also, <laughs> besides having a baby, um, you know, with my dog. <laughs> You know, one thing I've learned because I have two rescues and one, he really doesn't love to be pet by strangers. So I'll say to people, you know, he really, he doesn't love to be pet by a stranger. And it's so funny because people are just convinced they can become friends with him and it takes him a little while. So it's almost like you have to advocate for your dog and, you know, set the boundaries with people. Yeah. And we absolutely did. And um, you just mentioned your dog's a rescue. So she, she is a rescue as well. Um, She is. She's going on three years, three years old. 
Okay, about this age of ours. Eric, I cut you off before. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. I, it, it was interesting. The question I was going to ask, since you're such a fan of traveling, where has been your favorite place to travel with your husband? Uh, I am going to say that um, Portugal. Wow. Portugal is beautiful. Um, really amazing. Uh, I was there, I think it was four years ago. Um, so, it, I mean, it was beautiful. Um, I, I, I do have family in Italy, so um, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to ha have a place to go. <laughs> um, and my family lives right, right on the beach, which is uh, so great um, on the southern part of, of, of Italy. So, um, you know, I would say Portugal and Italy are very similar. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I really loved, I would say I really loved Portugal. Franca, sure. what did you like? What were the top highlights for you? What did you love? Was it the food? Was it just tell us? Um, I think the overall experience, I mean, my husband and I had, uh, we were with, um, some friends and, you know, we were just, we hopped in a car and we started from the, you know, the tip of Portugal and, and worked our way down. Um, so anywhere from, you know, the sightseeing to the beaches, um, you, you know, the food was amazing, uh, was really, really great. And, um, but the, the one thing that we do joke about is, you know, on a hot summer day, the weather there, I mean, it was warm. It was very, very hot. And, you know, sometimes you just are looking forward to that nice glass of water with tons of ice. I mean, I'm a big, you know, ice girl. And the, the ongoing joke that we had through the trip was um, there wasn't much ice there. You would ask for an iced coffee and you might get one ice cube. So um, that was the that was pretty, pretty funny and something that that we remember through our through our trip. And there's no way around that. If that's all you're going to get, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So I've heard it's a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Yes, it really is. I mean, just, um, I mean, like I said, you know, we're, we're such, we just love the water and just being able to kind of cruise the coast. Mm. Um, and you know, the people were, were, were so nice. Um, but it was just interesting. Um, I think being that we had the opportunity to hop in a car and stay in a location longer than, you know, we kind of could go how ha however it was that we wanted if we wanted to stay an extra night we could do that um i'm not usually i'm a super pre-planner so for me that was uh that was different but it was exciting and you know at the time i, I didn't have a, a daughter uh so you know you can you can kind of go with the flow and um that was a, definitely a trip i'll, I'll never forget that's special. It's wonderful when we have those memories. And it sounds like you really were able to immerse yourself in the culture and the flavor of everything, you know, that Absolutely. Portugal has to offer. So that's a great memory. Maybe someday you will get back there. Yes, I, I think we absolutely will. <laughs> we absolutely will. That's special. Now, I, I was curious, uh, Franca, mm -hmm. we talked about you growing up here in Locust Valley. Did you uh, have any previous uh, experience in the area before you went to a Boys and Girls Club or was it somewhere else? 
So I did. Um, being that I, I grew up in Locust Valley um, and, and went to Locust Valley High School, um, the Granville Baker Boys and Girls Club, it, which is in Locust Valley, was um, one of the clubs that I had joined as a as a young as a young child. Um, so I, I did attend the club when I was younger, and what I did was I, as I kind of went through my years, I, I you know, then was a teenager and I was in high school, and um, I I recall I joined a group um, through one of my uh, English classes. And she said, you know, we're going to be going down to the Boys and Girls Club and and volunteering to help some kids with homework. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in? And I said, yes, sure, absolutely. So that started, I want to say, when I was a soft, uh, freshman in high school. Um, yeah, I want to say freshman or sophomore in, in high school. And that's really where it started. Um, so I had just kind of every day. I loved it. I loved, you know, sitting with the kids, helping them with their homework. Um, the relationships that I was starting to build with the kids was was really strong. Um, as soon as I would walk in, they would just be so happy to see me. And, you know, can you come sit with me? Can you come help me with my homework? Oh, I, you know, I need help with this. And it just felt really good to be giving back to, to the community and, you know, the club that I once um, was attending as, as a young as a young child. So um, that was really when, where my uh, my journey with Boys and Girls Club started. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I was offered a job from a, from a volunteer. Uh, you know, I think they they really saw the supervisor at the time had really saw seen my dedication um, that I had been there every single day. And um, you know, she approached me one day and she said, "Hey, you know." How would you like to come here every day and get paid to do it? <laughs> so I said, I mean, that would be great. Um, and then from there, I, I was a, a homework assistant. Um, I was, uh, you know, I, I did hold various positions within the organization, which was great, uh, which I found um, to be to help me where I am today. Uh, I think that working within the Boys and Girls Club and holding various positions within the organization, you're you're able to experience, um, you're really able to experience what what they're, what, you know, everything that could potentially, um, you know, be going on within the organization. So I think um, that really, again, helped me as to, to where, where I am today. That's fabulous. So we're so excited. We're going to take a quick break, Franca, but when we come back, Eric and I really want to dig in more and learn everything about the organization and um, just ways also maybe people can help. So, you know, we really look forward to discussing all of that. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to 88.1 FM WCWP.org. This is Glen Cove Spotlight. Hello, welcome back to Glen Cove Spotlight. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ifell. And our special guest today is Franca Trunzo, for Executive Director of the Glen Cove Boys and Girls Club. Hello, Franca. Thanks again for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. 
we got to know all about you and you're such an awesome individual. So that was really nice to hear, but we want to get to know a little bit more about the boys and girls club now. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about the location, um, uh, how people can get some information on the boys and girls club and uh, a little bit of what we, uh, you offer there at, at the club. Sure. Absolutely. So we are located at 113 Glen Cove Avenue, um, right in Glen Cove. We are just a short ways down from the police, uh, the, the police and the fire station. Um, we are at the intersection of Shore Road and Glen Cove Avenue. Um, we at the Boys and Girls Club, we offer um, after school care for uh, children six to 18. Um, and we are not only in after school childcare, but um, I will say we are so much more than, than uh, just a place for the kids to be after school, offering a variety of programs. Um, I want to say opportunities is a big, is a big thing uh, within our club and an experience. Um, so I'll just give you a, a, a quick uh, example. I mean, opportunities, uh, the organization does offer for our students scholarships. So any of our members that have gone through the, the club and our programs, um, we do offer scholarships for high school students. Um, we just recently um, awarded an $8,000 scholarship to an individual, a member of the organization for her to carry on um, into, you know, carry through her, her education. Um, the board of directors is very supportive of all the children in within, you know, I should say within the community, but of course, within the organization. So um, that is something that we do invest in, um, in terms of the children's education and, um, you know, really just encouraging them to, to move, move in the right direction. How amazing is that? What a way to give back. I love it. $8,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> That's absolutely true. And it, it goes a lot of, you know, really goes a long way for the kids. Um, they are certainly very much appreciative of it. Um, just, just like to add, so with the scholarship, there is a, you know, an interview process, an application process. Um, so uh, they, they do go uh, above, a, in front of a committee um, for the, for the award. It's really special. I love hearing that really beautiful way to give back. You know what, just that can change somebody's life so quickly. Yes, absolutely. It can. Fabulous. And what, what days uh, are you open and what hours are, are uh, you open for the children? So we are open Monday through Friday from three to eight. Um, the weekends we do offer, offer various events and, and trips. Um, so we are not typically open on the on the weekends, but we do offer specialized events uh, on those weekend days. Franca, what kind of events? Um, so I will say, um, uh, let me think of one. We will often partner with a local group. Um, in the in the past, I'll say we will we partnered with um, uh, a local. Uh, we actually offered a. a nutrition workshop. So that is something that uh, when we partner with various organizations or agencies, uh, we are able to kind of, you know, really just focus in on those smaller type events. Um, and then we'll often have, you know, a sign up for it for our members, and then often parents can join in as well. Um, so the, the most recent one that we had was, uh, was related to Mother's Day. So we had a nice event here for uh, Mother's Day and our our, our children and their parents were welcomed 
um, to the club and they participated in various activities. So those, you know, just kind of things um, we know during the week, sometimes it can be tough for parents mm -hmm. um, after a, whether it be a long day at work or the kids having a long day at school. Um, and, you know, they might just want to spend some some time at home together. So we do offer, as I said, you know, these type of smaller events on the weekends. That's great. And I know we're all moving forward, but just a quick question. How were you able to pivot at the Boys and Girls Club with, you know, during the pandemic and school closures and, you know, reopening and then closing again, things like that? Right. So, you know, during the pandemic, we were we were actually closed um, for a few months, I want to say from March to June. Mm -hmm. um, we did offer, you know, our, our staff were back in the building. You know, for us, we just, we you know, as everybody wants to be healthy and, um, you know, that's a big part of it here is if our staff are not healthy, we can't service the kids, we can't service the community. So um, we were closed. Uh, unfortunately, we, ha we had to close our doors for a few months, um, but we did open for our summer program, which was great. Um, and we did have members of the community, you know, our, our, our regular members did join in on the program. And, um, you know, it was just a nice way to forget what was going on. I mean, it was unfortunate that we did have to implement um, some some different strategies, um, you know, the, the uh, mask wearing, which is really everywhere right now. The temperature checks was something that we needed to incorporate. We had um, our daily health checks. Um, so these were, you know, just a few things that we had to implement for our summer program. But I will say the kids adapted very well to it, um, you know, and, and same with, with the families. Um, so uh, in addition to that, we, you know, of course, do the additional sanitizing of all of our program spaces, the social distancing strategies. Um, we actually, we also did offer smaller groups. Mm -hmm. um, so smaller uh, staff to staff to uh, kid ratio uh, groups, which um, again, I think just kind of helped with our overall social distancing strategies. Sounds like you guys did a great job putting everything in place and really keeping everybody safe and healthy. Yes, we- uh, It's a lot, a lot to be of, proud of. Yes, a lot of, a lot of thought uh, went into that and just making sure that, you know, we, the one thing that we wanted the kids to walk away with was um, we don't want them to remember this other stuff that, that is unfortunate that they need to be going through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we really focus, the club really focuses on providing a safe and positive environment, that aspect of fun, um, you know, having those supportive relationships that they need, whether that be from their peers or the staff. Um, the, as I, as I mentioned earlier about the opportunities um, that we can provide and the expectations that the organization and the staff have uh, on the children as well. And then lastly is our recognition piece. That's something that um, we wanna make sure that the kids walk away um, being recognized and having that positive reinforcement from our staff. Our, I, I will say our staff are phenomenal with the kids um, and building that relationship with them. The staff, um, they are the mentors to our kids. And, you know, the, the one piece that I, I love about the organization is the one program that we actually, we offer is our summer youth employment program. Um, but the program itself, it, it goes full circle. And what I mean by that is 
these students that are now acting as mentors to our younger members were once members. Mm -hmm. Um, So they know what it is to be a club member um, and what that expectation is as a club member. We want the kids to remember that this is not my club. And as they call me, Miss Franca, this is not Miss Franca's club. Um, this is their club. And that that creates that sense of ownership um, that this is their club and they're right. proud of it. Um, so, you know, with our summer youth employment program, they uh, are our our, I should say our high school students go through a series of workshops, um, same with a, an interview process and application for employment in the summer. Um, and then at that point, you know, they typically are, are hired. Um, and what's nice is we're able to keep them on staff for the after school program. So they do go through this, this you know, workshop process. Um, but if they are successful in their um, you know, there's there's their summer process, they do have the opportunity to maintain their employment with the organization um, through the after school so that, you know, we do have students that are high school students and they will go to their classes and then they'll come to us at three o'clock. So that's where I was kind of just saying earlier, I, I love the fact that this program is full circle because they were once club members and now they are acting as mentors to our younger members. And that must put a huge smile on your face every day because I'm sitting here smiling from ear to ear just (laughs) listening to all this. And, you know, how amazing that, you know, it it does come full circle and how special for the younger, you know, the younger kids and what they can experience. And it sounds like they kind of take them like under their wing and, you know, really lift them up. And there is so much positivity. They Um, do. They do. I mean, you'll you'll often see, um, you know, some of the group leaders, uh, the, the students, I should say, um, they, you know, they, they really just build such amazing relationships with the kids that when the kids come running off that bus into this building, they're so excited um, to go into their homeroom and, and be with their staff. And they're just so excited to say, you know, what they did that day or what they're going to do later, or I can't wait to play ping pong with you, or, you know, I'm really going to beat you today, or, uh, you know, can we play basketball? So they are very, very excited. Um, and that's where I have to say, I'm, I'm really grateful for the amazing team that that we have at the club. Franca, I'm like ready to cry just Aww. listening to all this. <laughs> well, I mean, I can mean- you imagine these kids sitting in school and they just can't wait to get to the boys and girls club. How amazing. I have a quick question. How old are your kids that are in, in, at the, um, the boys and girls club? So a majority of our, of our members are in that six to 12, uh, year range, but Mm -hmm. we do have uh, members as, as, uh, old as, you know, 16, 17 and 18. So mostly, you know, I want to say that 16 and above are really those, those, uh, high school students that are now, um, members, I'm sorry, that are now uh, working as as employees of the organization. So a question, when they hit 12, is it kind of like they're in middle school, they're old enough to be home alone, or they're just, they maybe get involved in other things like sports, things like that? Is that where you start to see a little bit of a drop off? So, you know, I mean, with with teens, I think it's tough overall, you know, whether you're a parent or whether you're working with teens. Um, but I, uh, we do, we do maintain really close relationships with our teenagers. So I'm going to say we don't necessarily see that drop off. Um, okay. 
So we do, you know, we really do have a, a great group of, you know, that 13, 13 and up. Um, but I will say a lot of those 13, 14 and 15 year olds, they're really eager to kind of shadow those 16, 17, 18, and even college students that we have here. They're really eager to to shadow. Um, they're really eager to kind of be with them and see what it is that they're doing because they're so interested and and looking forward to being able to, you know, be employed. Um, that's really the one thing that we we hear from a lot of the kids is, and I say a lot of the kids, but a lot of our teens is, um, you know, we are able to offer, for example, for, for the summer program there, you know, they are welcome to join the program. They have specialized trips that are really geared towards their age bracket, something, a little, you know, we, we, we understand teens these days um, and, and their interests are certainly different than a, you know, six or, you know, 12 year old. So um, that's sense. right. So that is the one thing that I will say about that age bracket um, is they're more so here. They, they want to volunteer. They want to go, um, help in the learning center, whether it be read with a group of six-year-olds. Um, that was something that we, you know, implement every summer. Uh, we have some of our teenagers who, you know, they do a buddy system and they, um, pair up with the kids and they do, uh, you know, reading and they go over, you know, kind of discussing what the book was about or they read as a group. Um, so those are the types of things that we really like to instill in, in, you know, all of our children and all of our kids and all the kids that we serve. But that is just a nice way that we like to show the teenagers, you know, you can give back to. Um, so you were once that, you know, you were once that age. And, um, and, and they really, really appreciate it. We have a, a great group of kids. Well, I think it says a lot. Obviously, what you've been able to provide for them had such an impact that they want to now help someone else. Um, I think it says a lot about your staff there, which is incredible. I know the, many of them well. Um, and, I, you know, it obviously makes such a difference in these children's lives. Yes, thank you. I mean, my my oldest was able to go to camp there, Carolyn, uh, during the uh, pandemic, and I felt completely safe. And he had an absolute blast during one of the most difficult times we've ever had. And if it wasn't for the Boys and Girls Club being able to do that for him, I think he'd be in a much worse place. Yep, so, I agree with you, Eric. And you know what? He'll remember the fun he had last summer versus you know right. the dread so many people felt. Exactly. And that's really what we wanted the kids to take away. Um, you know, being that, you know, in the in the situation we were all in, um, trips really wasn't an option for our kids. So I know that, you know, for a lot of the kids, they were excited to go to whether it be the aquarium or, you know, the um, the trampoline uh, place, you know, they're, they're, they were looking, I think they would have been looking forward to that. But um, our staff did such a great job of kind of supplementing the trips with large activities. So we did offer various um, weekly theme activities. Um, so even if it was like a crazy hair day, but the kids got, you know, they really got into it. And I think, um, you know, I, I really just have to give the kudos to the staff for that because they were able to just kind of wash away the, the, you know, everything that the kids had experienced over the last, you know, months prior to that and kind of say, you know, although we kind of have to maintain, you know, the social distancing and we have to wear a mask, 
we're not going to let that stop us from having a good time. We're still going to have a good time. We're still going to smile and we're still going to laugh. Um, and it was really great to, to hear, you know, this, you know, throughout the summer and every day, um, the, the laughs and the smiles of the kids, they, they really just, um, you know, as I said earlier, this is their club. Um, this is not Miss Franca's club. This is not, um, any of the other staff, this is their club and, um, they love it. And I, I really do have to say, I have my, both my boys now go there for after school and the convenience of having them dropped off right in front, a staff <laughs> member going to the bus, bringing them into their classes. They, they have their special, ident you know, um, uh, their card for their identity there. They scan it, they go in, they go to their classes, all organized, wonderful programs. It really is so nice to see. It's wonderful for parents who are obviously working, you know, and, and can't necessarily get back in time when the kids get home. Um, but we couldn't be more happy with the programs there, the staff there, and my boys absolutely love it, Franca. That's great. Thank you. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. You they... know what? When we come back, what I would love to do is talk more about like how kids become a member. Let's yes. talk about the meal program, um, you know, the positive youth development. So there's so many more things we can really dig into and we are going to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Um, you've been listening to 88.1 FM WCWP.org. This is Glen Cove Spotlight. Hello, you're listening to Glen Cove Spotlight. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. And we're talking to Franca Trunzo, Executive Director of the Glen Cove Boys and Girls Club. Hello, Franca. Hello. And thank you so much for being here today. We've learned so much about you and the wonderful Boys and Girls Club. But before we go any further, I really want to make it clear for all of our listeners, how can they become a member of this wonderful organization? Sure. So um, if someone is interested in, in joining the program, I would certainly recommend um, that they either give us a call, um, visit our website. We're always, we're always available to answer any questions that um, any of our parents or guardians might have regarding the program. Um, but we have plenty of information um, posted on our website. Um, we, do, we are offering online registration right now. Um, if parents prefer email, that's, you know, that works for us too. Um, and the so, website, sorry, the website is glencovebgc.org, correct? Correct, yes. Glencovebgc.org. Okay. <clears throat> so right now we are limiting the amount of people in the facility. So I would I would suggest a call if there's any specific questions. Um, we are happy to set up appointments as well. Um, we do anything and everything we can to make sure that we are available to the community and our families. Um, there is an application and a membership fee to to be a part of that pro to be a part of the program. Um, the fees vary from anywhere. It's really based upon age, but the, the fees vary from thirty to sixty five dollars for the year. And that's the entire school year. Yes, that is correct. That's amazing. Um, amazing. Yes, that's correct. So for people on a very tight budget who have numerous kids who can't get home because they're working two, three jobs, I mean, this is a godsend. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit about the facilities you have there? Sure. So um, we do have a very large facility. It is 30,000 square feet. 
Um, I will say that a portion of our facility um, is occupied um, by the Charles Evans Center, which is on the top portion, um, the upper portion of the building, but we are a very separate organization. Um, with that, we do have a brand new teen center, which is the Pearson Teen Center. Um, we have a very large gym, um, a games room, art, uh, an art center, a technology center, a dance studio, um, a learning center, and a, and a brand new health and wellness uh, center. Um, so these are all uh, these are all different um, areas within the program um, that the children uh, utilize, and and that goes back to our programming. Um, so I'll just touch upon one of our programs, which is offered in our health and life skill in our health and life skills center. Um, in our health and wellness center, which is our healthy habits program. And that's part of our, um, it goes hand in hand with our meal program that we offer uh, through Kids Cafe with our partnership um, through Long Island Cares. So uh, as soon as the children arrive off the bus, they are greeted, as, as Eric uh, mentioned earlier, they are greeted at their bus. Um, they are walked into their program area um, with a bag lunch, uh, I should say a meal. So um, there is a component of, you know, whether it be a milk or juice, a sandwich, um, on every single day there is a, a different menu, but we like to make sure that as soon as the kids get here that they do have a nutritious meal um, to kind of help them and guide them into um, the Power Hour program, which is our uh, homework assistance program. Um, so our homework assistance program is offered uh, through 5 p.m. And then at that point, um, there's that one-on-one -on -one, uh, assistance that they have uh, with the staff and or volunteer. Unfortunately, you know, due to the pandemic, we've had to kind of um, hold, uh, limit the amount of volunteers in the facility. Um, <clears throat> but overall, um, the children have this nutritious meal and it kind of gets them going for the rest of the day. Um, and then they they are actually divided up into in their within their groups they can visit uh the various program spaces as i had mentioned earlier so um the the schedule is um the program i should say is very structured um so on any given day a child can have you know art and technology um on the following day they might have uh, gym and recreation so there is um, a schedule that the, the children and the staff do follow on a daily basis, which I think um, most parents would appreciate the structure. Um, it's not necessarily a, a free for all. It's, you know, um, they, they enter the program space and whatever the activity is for that day, um, there might be multiple activities that the, the children can participate in. But the big thing for us um, within the organization is that we love to be able to provide the experience to the child. We want to give them that opportunity to try something um, for them to kind of overall, you know, uh, feel out what what are their likes and what are their dislikes. Um, and we think that that might kind of help them, you know, through their future, uh, through their future plans. And those are just the facilities you have inside or the rooms rather you have inside the building you also have that beautiful outdoor court as well basketball court you play yes so we do have out there correct we do have a um an outdoor court area 
Um, the kids love to be out there, especially on a, on a beautiful day. Um, you know, in, in the wintertime, as much as we can, uh, we love to utilize that space as well. I have to tell you, you had me at the power hour for homework. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you, because I remember being young and just going home and being tired after a long day and just struggling sometimes with homework. And I think it must be incredible to be in a supportive environment where people are there to help and you're just really staying focused on what you need to do. And then boom, it's done. You know, you're still right. not sitting there at 730 at night going, oh, gosh, I don't know how to write this report for tomorrow. Right. Well, I'll and- tell you, it's great to pick up the kids who are, are now had a wonderful meal. Mm-hmm. I bring them home. I know their homework's done. They're tired from doing all this wonderful programming and they go right to bed. It's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I, I will say it's great that the um, with our Power Hour program, the staff. Um, you know, I'm sure as parents, you're familiar with, you know, the little messaging or the little notes to the teacher, um, you know, little Johnny had an issue today or, or you know, whatever the, the parent, the teacher write, might write to the parent. Um, but what's nice is that we do understand that the parents have a busy day at school, uh, a busy day at work. And, you know, the that's where the, the staff are able to step in um, and kind of have that conversation with with the teachers as, as needed, whether it be through an email or, you know, through a little note that might go back in their folder to school. Um, So we're able to kind of, you know, have that build and have that relationship uh, with, with the teachers at the district. And um, they are very receptive. The teachers are very receptive to that and very appreciative um, because they really do understand, um, you know, that parents have a, a long day at work. Well, you really are supportive of the kids. You do everything possible to support them and just lift them up and be there. Yes, we we do. We really do do anything and everything that that we can. Right. And for all of us, I mean, I've been working since my daughter's a baby and, you know, it's those types of support are so important. And I mean, Eric, I can hear it in your voice, you know, after a long day at work and, you know, your children are so well taken care of and they're ready for school the next day and they can just come home and relax. You're not trying to start, you know, math homework at eight o'clock at night with them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really great, too, is, um, you know, we have several different elementary schools in the area. So the kids get to uh, meet other kids from other elementary schools. So when they eventually get to middle school, they know most of these kids already, which is also a nice touch. They know kids from outside their elementary school. Right. How um, cool is that? <laughs> so I think that's going to really be helpful, too, for my kids as they get older. They are now meeting kids from the other elementary schools. In fact, um, my oldest, who just had a baseball game, started talking to a kid on the other team. It was someone from the Boys and Girls Club that he knew. So it's kind of nice that they have these other relationships, other friends they can rely on outside of just the regular ones they know at their you know, school. Mm-hmm. That's so, and- great. Thank you, Eric, for, for, for pointing that out because, you know, yes, uh, I, I experienced the same thing um, being in Locust Valley. You, um, the Locust Valley and Bayville merges. So once you get to middle school, you're kind of like, oh, well, who are these, who are these new kids? <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't actually know, but um, that's a great point. Um, another thing I just wanted to, to mention specifically about the facility, um, I did mention our very large gymnasium. Um, so what, what I love, uh, our biggest event of the year is our Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so our gym, I want to say packs out with about 
350 to 400 people um, from the community, families, kids. Um, and it, the dinner itself is sponsored by the club's board of directors and our, our very good friend across the street from us uh, and our neighbor at Elegant Affairs. Um, so that is a, a catering facility. Um, and they, they, they do a phenomenal job of putting together all the fixings um, for the event. And um, all of our board board members donate the turkeys, board uh, friends of the board donate the turkeys. And what we do is we provide those turkeys to Elegant Affairs. And they, um, they cook, up, cook them up and um, the staff and the board of directors actually serve the night of the Thanksgiving dinner, which is always the Tuesday evening um, before Thanksgiving. So this year, due to the pandemic, we had to kind of think on our feet and uh, find an alternate way to service the community. Um, we, we did not cancel our, our dinner. Um, which was so amazing, um, but this year was a, a, a pick up and go. Uh, so families pulled up in their cars and we did offer kind of like a takeout um, box and it included the turkey and, and like I mentioned, all, all the fixings. Um, families, the community was really, was really grateful for that. Franca, do you think you'll be able to do it in person this year? Are you hoping so? Um, I think we are seeing some positive trends. What, what do you think? I think, <laughs> I think you will. I yeah. really do. I think you will. I think so. I think that we're going to stay positive. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I think that we, we might be able to uh, offer the community back into, into the facility. Mm -hmm. Great. Good. Well, I'm all, I'm, I'll be there if you need help. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Franca, how else can people in Glen Cove and the neighboring communities help you most, you know, donations. Um, talk to us about that because I think anybody listening, you know, to us today, you know, will want to be involved and, in, you know, people want to give back. So talk to us about that and what would be most helpful. Sure. So um, I, you know, you are absolutely correct. Um, at this point in time, really we, the, the donations are very helpful to the organization um, so that we can keep our, our programs going and service the community. You know, I would say that there are other opportunities and ways. Unfortunately, you know, again, we, we, we do have to limit the amount of um, guests into the building. So we are not, we are, we are limiting the amount of volunteers, but that would be another way um, to kind of give back, but that really didn't stop some of the the, the groups that we had. Um, unfortunate because they couldn't actually, you know, be working with the children one on one. Um, they rallied their friends. Um, I'll just give you an example. We had uh, one group that actually uh, rallied their friends together, and they put some donations together, and they were able to sponsor a member to join the summer program, which was so amazing. Um, so, you know, some funds and, um, we were able to offer that as a scholarship to, to some, to one of our, one of our children. So that's, you know, that's just one small way. Um, there's other ways I would say we, we do have a toy drive, mm -hmm. um, that is in the, uh, around Christmas time mm -hmm. around the holidays. So we do offer a toy drive, 
Um, and I how mean, is that published? Like, is it out on Facebook? Is it social media? How do people find out about that? Yes. So our ongoing programs and events are always posted to our website, which is glencovebgc.org. Um, and as well as our social media outlets, um, big, we're, you know, the club's big on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So I would definitely um, suggest, you know, following us on, on either Instagram or, or Facebook, because we're always posting, you know, information on whether it be how to get involved, um, you know, if we're looking for any specific donations. Um, so that's a great way to stay connected to us. What's also nice is, um, you know, we're always we, we do lo- a lot of posting of our of our smiles, um, you know, our, our kids that are here and they're having a great time um, and and whether they're, you know, experiencing a nature walk, um, they're on a trip in a nature walk or, you know, whatever it is that that the kids are, are doing. So we like to keep the community and the families engaged through our, our social media outlets. So I would definitely recommend that. Okay, perfect. That's very helpful. So if you're listening and you're not part of the Facebook group, go to the Glen Cove Boys and Girls Club. It will come right up for you and you can like that right. and then follow everything that's exciting and going on and, it, you know, talk about ways to give back. Um, so, I just Sorry, go ahead. Um, just wanted to, to mention um, for some of our, uh, we do have some amazing support specifically from the community and our local businesses. Um, But there are other opportunities that maybe the businesses um, might want to consider, um, whether it be a business or an individual, but through uh, sponsorships or advertising for some of our um, larger type, um, I want to say fundraising efforts. Um, So that might be, you know, something of interest. And then we do, again, you know, we're really thankful for the community some support um, for, you know, the, the specific programs and services through our annual campaign. That's fabulous. Good. Good. So good to know. Is there anything else super important that you would like to touch on today? Um, I think we, we, we well, I, I actually have a quick question for sure. you, Frank. Yeah. So, so what, obviously you have a very rewarding job, but what is the best thing you think about your job, this, this position at this wonderful facility with this wonderful staff? Good question, Eric. (laughs) So I'm going to say that, um, you know, I, I have been with the organization, um, going on 12 years, but I've been within, and I say, you know, my, my journey with boys and girls clubs, I'm going on 25 years. So, um, and I, you know, I started from such a young age, but I think um, the best and most rewarding is witnessing a member join the club. And when they first join the club, they're a little nervous. They're just not sure who should they say hello to. And, you know, they might be six, seven, eight, you know, whatever the age is, even if they're a teenager. Um, but then being able to see through the years their development from where they were when they first walked through that door to where they are now. Um, and I just say that because I, I, I think of just so many, so many kids that um, I was able to witness that. And, um, you know, I will say a lot of them have specifically, you know, 
Um, I, we have great relationships still to this day and whether they've moved on to college um, or they come back to the club, but you know, you're seeing them at graduation. So I think the overall development, if you think of, you know, from the day they walk through the door to now they're graduating to now they're, you know, graduating with honors or, um, you know, with a scholarship and, you know, moving on to college and then staying connected to us. Um, that's, we, we love that. We love being able to stay connected to, to the kids who were once um, club members and we do welcome them back. Here and we we love to you know let them know what whatever it is that they're doing, um, they are welcome back to the club and kind of share that with some of our younger members. And they they really do take us up on those types of opportunities, which is phenomenal. Well, Franca, I have to say you were an amazing guest. You have a, a beautiful place there, and you're helping these children so much and you're going to change lives. You already have been for years. So thank you for all that you do. And please thank your staff as well. Um, personally, I obviously have two kids that go there, so I know just how amazing it is, but hopefully now more people will as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Franca. You've been listening to Glen Cove Spotlight. I'm Eric Schumann. And I'm Carolyn Ipel. Please join us next time on 88.1 FM WCWP.org. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.